بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Okay, so continuing, we are still in the unit exploring some passages related to the Prophet, peace be upon him and now we're going to look at one of the most famous passages of them all about the Prophet and let's see if I can share properly again, age old issue. Excellent. So, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ So, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ We did not send you إِلَّا except as Rahma for all the worlds. Okay. First, fun parts of the conversation um, that seem to be completely irrelevant, but they're not. Uh, do you believe that there is intelligent life on other planets? What do you think? And intelligent, I don't really have a level. You know, you have like normal human, then you have below that, you have undergrad, but I mean, maybe even undergrad level. So Sarah Fadlala says, yes, she believes there's intelligent life on other planets. Khuram. So there's a reference in Surah, Surah Israel. Seriously? Israel. All right, let's see your reference. No, no, uh, I, let me finish. Actually, I, I have to, like, uh, I have listened, but I need to, to be very specific. Like, there's, there's, there's a verse that uh, about the creation, and Allah Ta'ala referred that, Okay, we have preferred you above some. Okay. Right? So I think that is an indication if it is pre we are preferred over some, okay. then there are others too, which we are not preferred over. Okay. So this is a very big shot, I know. Okay. But, uh, well, uh, a very big shot, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it, indi it indicates that there's intelligence, right? Means if we are preferred over angels, for example, and jinn, right? That we know. Okay. But there are others too that we are not told about. Okay. And 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 we know that from the hadith, uh, so that uh, Prophet uh, peace be upon him was allowed to tell us only he he told us only those things of Reb that he was allowed to tell us. Okay. So so he didn't tell us about the lives of other planets. There are some things, or there are many things that he didn't tell us. Okay. Allah Taala didn't permit him. Okay. So you're saying. Life on other planet as planets as a possibility is not negated. No. Got it. Ahant, Dr. Ahant, what is your, your take? My thing is, does it really matter? Oh, I'm the one who's asking the question, so I know what the intention is. But well, 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 like, you know, in terms of the context of this ayah, whether there is intelligent life on, like, other planets or not, okay. I mean, you know, like, that still doesn't negate the fact that the Prophet is a mercy for, for all the worlds, okay. whether they have intelligent, like, you know, like life or not. Okay. All right. So you're sort of on the right track. So you actually are saying there's a relevance to my question. Somewhat, yes. <laughs> Anyone else? Stephanie, you said yes. There's, you believe there's life on other planets, intelligent life, undergrad level at least. There you go. Um, so, I mean, wherever there is... Can you, can you all hear Farah? Um, I mean, the 
um, I mean, wherever there is creation, uh, it needs to acknowledge its creator. Okay. So whatever exists, there needs to be something that acknowledges back the life that has been given. So whether it, we don't know what the nature of these beings are okay. uh, on other planets or not, but they are enough to acknowledge uh, the creators. So okay. Wherever there's life, there, there needs to be something. So wherever there is life or not even life? I mean, if I think about everything in creation manifesting the name Al-Hay, okay. right, then, yeah, it, it, like, why did God create anything for, okay. for him to be recognized and acknowledged as a result of it? Is that why you created things? I mean, out of, out of, the, um, out of the, his will to do so. Sure, okay. Um, but at the same time, like, um, wherever there is life or the manifestation of the attribute al-hay, okay. it needs to be somehow confirmed by... Okay, so just to make sure I understand, you're including a rock in al-hay. Yeah. Got it, okay. So so you all understand the argument that, that Fada's making, that all creation, by virtue of creation, is the manifestation of al-hay, and thus all creation is acknowledging, is praising the divine. Yes? Yeah. Any other thoughts? Nather, tell us what is your thought? Is there life on other planets? Is there humanoid life on other planets? Um, I don't have anything super insightful to say, but um, every uh, time you ask this, uh, this question, my immediate reaction is that uh, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like that we're special in some way. Mm. Um, no, and, you're special in some way. Thanks. Appreciate it, Professor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think that um, that's just my gut reaction that we are uh, unique and uh, there is no intelligent life like us uh, anywhere else in the universe. All right. That's your, your gut. Exactly. Stephanie. Well, I said this in the chat, but um, we're still finding new forms of life and creatures um, on Earth. And like Sarah Abuji said, only 30% of the oceans are explored. Um, and if you think about how many things were discovered, even just since the time of the prophets, um, and that's just here on Earth. So with the vast amount of space, it seems that it's only logical that there will be other forms of life in space. In space as well. Oh, interesting. Maybe. All right. Uh, Tosti, if you're saying seven Earths verse might indicate so, you can't just leave us with this fragment of a sentence. Or maybe you will. <laughs> Sorry, no, I was trying to unmute. But yeah, maybe I could have just left you there. Um, no, you, you know, like a few years ago, there was um, this whole discussion in the Muslim social media sphere prompted by uh, some bu business insider article about uh, seven different Earths and stuff being discovered, which we, you know, we know we find Earth-like planets, 
Shibli Zaman had an article and it, the verse was um, Allah, Allahu, Allahu uh, Translate for everybody. And uh, God is the one who created several celestial firmaments and of earths like thereof. Hmm. Okay. So that could be a hint that there is this other stuff on other planets. Any your thoughts? I think it would be fascinating if we're the only animated beings on any other planet. I also think it'd be fascinating if there's only like two or three others or a billion. But as Ahunt has already stated, he cut to the chase. The point here is that the prophet peace be upon him is Rahma for all the world. Oh. Okay. Uh, when what Allah is speaking about Rabbil Alameen and so forth and so on. Oh, uh, Shahla. Um, just, I was wondering where the jinn fit into this and could they be considered part of this? I would include them. Yeah. Like in Surah Al-Jinn, literally it's beginning with jinns talking to each other saying, hey, we just heard something really profound here. Because we don't know where, if they're just limited to this, to this earth or not, right? Or are, are they on this earth only? So uh, I would say jinns and angels are not, are not bound by physics the way we are. You know. So there might be jinn communities all over the place. Mingling with the natives. So, but the point here is that uh, the Prophet is Rahmah for all of them. So, in terms of the commentaries on Rabbil Alameen, we have a number of things. One is all the different worlds, but also all the different dimensions, all the different realms of knowledge. By dimensions, for example, the realm of Allah, the realm of angels, the realm of jinns, the realm of us, as though these are at least four different dimensions. And so the Prophet, peace be upon him, is Rahma for all of them. So, all the way at the beginning of the class, meaning way back uh, so long ago at the beginning of April, a scenario I asked you to consider was imagine you have a scale. Now we're really going to see my drawing abilities here. So, these are Not bad, not bad. All right, looks kind of like a scale or a face. Okay, good. So on this side, we have the prophet, peace be upon him, as Rahma. And on this side, we have all creation. I'm suggesting for your consideration that the left side here is heavier in terms of the scales of Rahma. That if on one side you have only the prophet, peace be upon him, and on the right side you have all of, all of the Rahma in all of creation that Allah has given, I'm suggesting for your consideration that the prophet is a greater Rahma than all creation combined. If you agree, why? If you disagree, why? 
So Sarabuji, you think it checks out? Argue it. <laughs> I don't have a strong opinion on this, but uh, yeah, I mean, the Rasul is the living example of Islam, and he's a mercy to us because he gave us an example of like the perfect human and what to be and how to kind of get into the Jannah and how to live our lives. So. Uh, I don't really think highly of humans and creation, so. Okay. You think <laughs> the process of negation, then all you Yeah, we're just yeah. like, yeah. Okay. Stephanie. Well, didn't um, Allah offer the revelation to the mountains and they refused and other parts of creation, I, I can't remember exactly. Um, and they refused and because they couldn't contain it. And the only thing that could contain it was the heart of the believer. Okay. I'm probably mixing it all up. That works so far. I mean, it's saying man accepted, but man's a fool. But still, your point is also there, the heart of the believer. All right. So you're saying you agree with this scenario or this drawing? Awesome. I think also if we see uh, Islam itself as Rahma, um, you know, before the Prophet, we didn't necessarily have a sort of a a, um, <clears throat> a guided path to being close to Allah, which is sort of what you know it's what Islam is all about, and so we didn't. So just by being the one to bring us Islam, the prophet is like all, like the, all the mercy is rooted back towards him in that sense. Okay. All right. Um, I'll try to put in an analogy. Go for it. Um, and it's using a framework that I'm most familiar with. So for example, like we buy a laptop, right? Um, and we are new to this technology or some new gadget um, that we're not that too familiar with. Uh, without its manual, it would be sort of meaningless to us. And so, um, but at the same time, we also can't just say that. The, the other thing is that um, creation, um, without having put into what it means, uh, would leave mankind kind of uncertain. Okay. Like I could speculate as to what this creation is, what this means, who I am, what my purpose is, but I would never be sure of it. And so prophet who represents also revelation and direct speech of the creator is essential to making sense of creation. Okay. So I'm not sure if I, if it really will fit into a balance or a, um, scale, but it will definitely be meaningless or perhaps um, in, definitely incomplete and then hence meaningless uh, if it were not for a guide or a teacher to exactly tell in human language uh, what is it that this existence means mm -hmm. to us. So it does sound like you are at least not disagreeing with this. No, I'm, I'm not, but at the same time, like you, um, you cannot tip the scales um, the other way where you say the creation is more important, okay. but at the same time, the prophethood is also only complete with the rest of the oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Anyone else? Thoughts, reflections?
Let's make this um, easy. Where's this voice coming from? Nether. Yeah. Um, so people are saying like, um, I don't know, maybe I'm summarizing, but like people are saying that just the Prophet is allowing us to live like a truly human life, right? Okay. Um, I don't know who these people are, but sure. I feel like, yeah, people are saying like uh, the Prophet brought us Islam and he, he's demonstrating his sunnah to us and he's allowing us to be truly human. And I don't know, I'm just thinking that um, that all presupposes that we were able to like reach maturity. And I'm trying to argue that uh, our mothers are a greater mercy to us because they are the ones who even enabled us to be able to kind of um, interact with the Prophet's uh, Sunnah and with Islam in the first place. Okay. I would, I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, my mother's not a big mercy, but uh, I would say that works if that is the cause and effect process. Imagine uh, a person raised without a mother. Imagine a, a person raised with uh, a mother who is an obstacle to spiritual growth. What do you think? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I mean, so... So, yeah, about... I mean, to, to, not to interrupt, but, interrupt, but um, uh, by me putting all creation on the right side doesn't mean I'm minimizing all creation, right? And so especially, for example, our parents and such. But go ahead, sorry. No, that makes sense to me. I mean, uh, I see what you're saying. I guess um, I would still, the way I would argue back against that is that whatever uh, allowed me to physically reach maturity, uh, like uh, physical and mental and emotional maturity on the right side, uh, enabled me to like um, take in what the Prophet is offering us. Sure. I mean, if, uh, if, uh, so basically, now that you're saying that if we change this diagram on the right, we have all creation, not including the prophet, peace upon him. On the left, we had your mother. You'd say your mother is more. Yes. Yeah. You live a pretty meaningless life, even if you have a mother who raises you, but you're not clued into what the purpose of life is. Sure. So you might have a mother who's completely devout. Completely, yeah. And, and you can still have a very meaningless life. And, and you go in the wrong direction, sure. Ahant. Uh, so sort of going like off of this, you know, I think this is a very, you know, interesting discussion. We were discussing once about Wali's. I don't know if you remember this. I think it was you a, were in this class. You and I. Okay. And, um, you know, uh, you had said, you know, you probably claim somebody was a Wali and I probably said, don't do that. Yeah. Something like that. And then, then uh, you said a teacher, like is a more apt uh, uh, word. And then uh, you had given me a hierarchy, you know, there's the teacher and above the teacher, there's uh, the parent and above the parent is the prophet. And above the prophet is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. I guess my question to you is, Going, you know, off that, you know, hierarchy, do you think a, a cause for lack of spiritual growth can be a, you know, it can be placing something, you know, in the hierarchy where it doesn't belong? You know? I will say yes um, as a concept, but may I ask you for an example? 
Um, it's hard to like put one, but you know, I mean, like, I mean, know, so, okay. So what if like, uh, uh, I'm thinking, okay, so what if I put a celebrity preacher? Yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in the hierarchy mm -hmm. of, uh, teacher above parent, but mm -hmm. the celebrity preacher I'm following is we have many examples of that. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, may be a lack of spiritual growth but it can be it can potentially be a pathway to spiritual growth but can also be destruction as well so so commenting on another like part of that like uh hierarchy is the parent and the then the prophet mm -hmm. you know this is a very you know i guess a sticky like area but um i guess my question is i mean you know, like no one will, of course, you know, any you know, conscious Muslim uh, will say that they put anything above the Prophet. Sure. But do you think subconsciously it can happen? Whether, you know, or not, you know, trauma can be related to that parent or mm. or anything else in the like hierarchy? You know, do you, you know, have you seen that in your, you know, sort of, you know, community work? Well, there's a conversation where the Prophet, peace be upon him, is reported to have had with Omar. May Allah be pleased with him, that uh, the uh, Ahmad is saying to the Prophet, I love you more than everyone except myself. And then the Prophet is telling him that he is not going to have, I forgot which specific word, it was probably not Iman, but uh, until you love me even more than yourself. And then Omar takes a moment and he says, okay, I love you more than I love myself. So I think the most common thing will be love of the self uh, above everything else. You know, the, the point that you'll keep hearing from me is that imagine our hearts are a compass and either fundamentally it's pointing towards God or it's pointing towards ourselves. Love for the world is essentially pointing towards ourselves. And so I'd say uh, subconsciously, consciously, unintentionally, many people put themselves above the parent, above the teacher, above the prophet, peace upon him, yes, and potentially above God. What do you think? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, it makes sense. I feel like as people progress in their spiritual like journey, um, you know, it, theoretically, you know, you use uh, Prophet uh, as a guide, mm -hmm. but since he's not, you know, uh, present among us, uh, we are not Sahaba. You know, we often like have to turn to so-called inheritors of the prophets sure. you know and i think like you know you know that's where you know, people can be misled and some are luckier than others i do think uh, uh you're reminding me that uh, i do think a lot of people uh, minimize the prophet peace be upon him to a mere mailman right he received the crime then he's delivering it you know and then that's it almost as that his role is arbitrary malahat Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. So we always use the example of the best of the best, Umar. But there is other sahabas, thousands of them around them. So this is one of the exceptions. So as a common Muslim, PR, uh, we need to do some foundational baseline work rather than we can look for the extreme singular example and look into that area. So how to do the, you know, like, 
crawl, walk, run kind of methodology, right? Okay, so to make sure I'm understanding, you're saying like, you know, using Omar Abu Bakr as examples is all well and good, but we're much lower? No, I'm saying that Omar and Abu Bakr example, the example you just used, right? That's one of the most exceptional example. Among all the even Sahabas, there's a lot of Sahabas around Muhammad on that time, okay. right? And so that's like one of the exceptional example we are always using, right? We always say for infaq, we are using always that Abu Bakr give 100% everything from his house. But there's a lot of other Sahabas did not give 100%. They give 10%, 5%, right? Mm -hmm. So why we, why we always use the example, which is the, the exceptional, rather than we can give like a rope to the common Muslims to say how we can get step by step, right? Like you cannot jump to the exceptional level right away, right? So how we can start and how we can get there, like in a phased approach, right? Today, like you use the example, I've been saying that last time we talked about it. You says this year, if you on the one state and if you did not progress next year, right? Then that means it's just wasted. That's you know, we've been keep talking about this example. So this has become my baseline personally, right? So, okay, I see what is my fault, right? What is my fault line where I'm lacking for X, Y, Z, and then I can improve those areas and get to the next level. Mm -hmm. So wouldn't uh, what you're suggesting be illustrated by the conversation we're all having, where I'm asking everyone, you know, what are your thoughts about all this? Right, right. I'm just, I'm just reacting on that Omar example you just used. Sure. Uh, that's the one I was actually, I'm sorry, I just joined late. So I missed the... I, okay, but you know, the point is well taken in, in the sense that a lot of the, our Sufi books, especially, will talk about the best of the best. And, you know, the person who prayed 40 years and realized that their heart was not cleared. And so that they re-prayed all for 40 years, right? That is a thing. Um, but I'd say uh, we're in agreement in the sense that the, the way this course is happening is all of us as regular people are sharing our own reflections. Right. Now, no, my, my, I was looking for like more actionable. Like I used the example, like you give like a few years back that if you see on one level today, then you have to like have to progress next year or next Ramadan or okay. the following five years. Right. I'm looking for some sort of like some sort of nasiha or some sort of remedy from you that what is that? what is the next level for that example, right? How we can able to, um, to see where we stand. I mean, we start doing that at some level, inshallah, all of it's us. It's like you're asking for like the litmus test the other day. GGG, exactly. Yeah. Um, let me think more about it in terms of what I can do within this course. Uh, a way to think about the focus of this course is more not on action, but on our thinking. G. Uh, let me think about it, inshallah. Okay, thank you. Excellent. So a couple uh, points in the comments. Uh, Zeba, you're saying, I agree with the scale, but find it difficult to then truly comprehend the weight of the Prophet, peace be upon him, when placed place in this co comparison. Uh, may I ask you to expand on that? Um, I just, like all of creation is like such a vast like number of things. And that would include like all the other prophets that have come before. That would yeah. include like, the smallest of things that we would consider like a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like I remember attending like a lecture once where someone was talking about how like 
our nails being as soft as they are is such a blessing because when we scratch our skin, you know, we don't actually like cut ourselves. And so there's all these like so many tiny blessings. And to say that this one person is far greater in weight than like the smallest thing to like the biggest thing otherwise comparable is like, it's very hard for me to really like conceptualize that on like that deep of a level. But when you say it, just when I just look at the picture, I'm like, yes, that makes sense. Yeah, I think uh, uh, what you're describing is akin, and I've given this example in other classes, uh, to the experience that I have when I study cosmology, right? You know, theories of the universe. And one specific class where the teacher put a giant picture of a spiral galaxy on the screen. And my brain could not handle uh, this, trying to understand the size of this galaxy in relationship to me. I mean, we can't really comprehend the size of the earth relation, in relation to ourselves, what to think of a galaxy. And then on top of that, the beauty at the same time of the spiral galaxy. And when I say my brain could not handle it, I was nearly passing out in class. Right. And so- Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly the point of this scale that I'm suggesting every single thing you could think of of all creation, even if we made it simpler, every single mercy Allah has given you in your life alone versus the prophet peace you on him, even that I think it's hard to comprehend. And a way to think about it is if we rephrase the prophet peace upon him as the flashlight that allows us, that guides us to see the mercy of the other side of the scale, then without that flashlight, we wouldn't be able to, you know, see except for little bits and pieces of the mercies. Does that make sense a little bit? Yeah, I think the flashlight analogy helps to put more perspective. Yeah. So, but yeah, and my point is, is indeed still think of all the creation, all of the mercies and all of creation <coughs> in full bloom. And still the prophet is a greater mercy. Uh, Shala. So is what makes him a greater mercy, the fact that like this Quran is, you know, kind of being revealed through him. Is that why we, we can say that? I'd say that's one part of it, a major part of him, obviously. Uh, but thinking like using the language that Farah did, um, at the bare minimum, as a guide through which to understand how reality operates, to understand and appreciate, to learn how to appreciate the Rahmah of Allah. Without which... We can probably get some sense of the rahmah of Allah, but it'd be a lot of mistakes, a lot more mistakes along the way. So the sunnah, hadith—that's part of. That's that's part of it. Yeah. So sorry, I'm trying to turn my lights back on, but um, yeah, the whole package, the whole person of the Prophet, peace be upon him. And I'm also suggesting that we can't, except on a shelf, we can't separate the Prophet from the Quran, right? Because the, the Quran is the prophet's story. He is the one who is receiving it, and then that is causing him to, to make choices in his life through which he's receiving more revelations, causing more choices. And so we sometimes speak of the Quran as the biography of the prophet, peace be upon him. 
And so I'm suggesting for our consideration that the two are actually inseparable. On a shelf, yeah. Recited revelation, non-recited revelation. Okay. But the Quran is inseparable from the Prophet, peace be upon him. Uh, awesome, were you about to say something? Oh, Ahant, yes, sir. Um, you know, of course, going, you know, off of that, I feel like we, you know, as a community, we, you know, we, we, you know, we go off of a lot of, you know, the Quran is perfect. It's, you know, you know, you know perfectly preserved. It's the unaltered revelation. Uh, you know, there's no flaw in it. So for saying that the Quran and the Prophet are inseparable, then, you know, the Prophet would, you would have to fit that same description somewhat I, I got lost on the last part to say that prophet and Quran are inseparable what so 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 like if they are in inseparable and we we, in, we also like hold the the, the you know, like notion that the quran is perfect then the prophet is also perfect in that same lens yes yeah i am also saying that the prophet is perfect now when we're talking about a human being perfect or not perfect that um that gets to be kind of convoluted like, I'm not a fan of the statement that humans are imperfect. Um, um, but we do commonly speak of the Prophet as perfect, the insan kamil, the perfection of a human being. Now, part of the perfection of the Prophet, peace be upon him, is that he makes mistakes. And his mistakes are also lessons. Oh, snap. Uh, let's see, Stephanie, you said, aren't we comparing apples and oranges, creation is material? Prophet's Rahma is not material. What are your thoughts? Please explain. Well, um, I don't know what else to explain, but that one is the material world and one is immaterial. Um, okay. Will we say the Prophet as Rahma and all creation as Rahma? No. Nah. The Rahma of the Prophet, the Rahma of all creation. Does that work? No. Oh, okay, that changes things. Okay. All right. Mission accomplished. Then multiverse is going to blow your mind. Nice. Uh, the ayah I was referring to seventy seven D V the land secret Okay. Okay. Thank you for that. Any other thoughts, reflections so far before I make this even more? More like okay, so what if uh, I forgot what the example was? Maybe it's good that Allah maybe forget. Uh, we change the scale. What was I gonna say? I subhanallah, now forgot. Okay, which is probably a blessing for all of you. Um, I guess I've forgotten, so I may have to return to this tomorrow. No other thoughts, reflections, questions. Maybe my example is probably too ridiculous. That's why I can't remember it. Asim. Um, I think even as, okay, so the original sort of the first thing we talked about in this, uh, in this class was that the prophet was a mercy for all the world. And then we started talking about intelligent life on other planets. <clears throat> I think the, the real answer is for me that, whether there, like, if there is intelligent life on other planets, that is 
likely knowledge that the prophet was given and therefore he would probably pray for that life and that makes him a mercy for those worlds it works anyway so like in, in a sense it's immaterial whether there's intelligent life uh, or not because if there is then he prayed for them and so he's a mercy and if there isn't then he doesn't pray for them but he's still a mercy for all the world okay so you give me a different direction what if okay aside from the fact of guidance and compassion okay okay the existence of the prophet peace be upon him as rahma for all the worlds so we rationalize it by the fact of him being the vessel of guidance and using your example we're also rationalizing it con connecting with yesterday's ayah his his concern and compassion for all and so what if we only speak of the prophet peace be upon him himself uh, as a manifestation of god's mercy Let's say, for example, before he receives revelation. I, I think that still works. Okay. Because, uh, oh, go ahead. You guys see something else awesome? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like if so in in theory, uh intelligent life on other planets is it's essentially just life that's unaware of the prophet, mm -hmm. potentially, right? Mm -hmm. And we have life on earth that's unaware of the prophet and yet or we've had life on earth at least that's unaware of the prophet and um and he's still mercy for them so why not like the if the only difference is that one group of people is on earth and the other group of intelligent beings is not on earth then what's the that's not a real okay so then it's not unlike you know people who have received his message for people who has not received his message correct because yeah because there's there the, this I at least doesn't make the distinction between people who have received the message and people who have not. Mm -hmm. And this therefore, the point making. yeah, I think therefore just by existing, then mm -hmm. he's still a mercy for all other planets. Yeah. Um, I think in my mind, what you're trying to do is challenge the, the, modern secular way of thinking about mercy it was probably the entire class and every single thing I did. yeah exactly. <laughs> is is um my thing is why do we have to you know rationalize it you know mm -hmm. earlier like in the class we were talking about you know the quran as an experience yes and that's, so that's the point i'm making right now the yeah prophet peace upon him as an experience good way to put it there's an experience and a and as a as a feeling and the very fact that we feel the need to, you know, you know, rationalize it is in itself a flaw in my mind, because, you know, in human beings like uh, uh, as ration it, or rationalism is, 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 is in itself, you know, like limited or else we would need revelation in the first place. So, you know, okay. Okay, keep going. Uh, that was it. Okay, so I'm cautious against causing it, calling it a flaw. Uh, uh, that that is a need that some people have. 
And a way I completely reframe it is the Prophet, peace be upon him, at the end, after the conquest of Mecca, he is going to the leaders of the Quraysh. And I'm paraphrasing. He's basically asking him, okay, what will it take for you to embrace my message? And so one guy says, all right, I want this tract of land. And then I will. And the prophet says, okay, it's yours. Another guy says, I want to go into the Muslim treasury and take something. Okay, it's yours. And then it comes out, are you satisfied? No, I want more. Okay, go and take more. And so we each have different uh, aspects within ourselves, different doorways within ourselves through which our hearts can get softened. Yeah. And so rationalization in our era, I think is a big one for a whole lot of people. Mm. Compassion is a bigger one, you know, for people for all time and place is think of all the people who, who embrace the prophet's message. We're often under the assumption that they heard the Quran, they embrace the prophet's message, but some people embrace the, embrace the prophet's message because they love the prophet. Mm-hmm. And especially when the torture is taking place, you have those people who couldn't handle the torture and they were being sent to Abyssinia, given permission to go to Abyssinia. But some people are choosing to stay with the prophet, peace be upon him, at the risk of torture because of their love for him. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I would, I would agree with your point essentially, but what I'm saying is I'm cautious again, cause, calling that a flaw that each of us has our different doorways through which our hearts can get softened. Yeah, yeah, and I wasn't, um, I didn't like mean to like, you know, uh, yeah. like negate having a rational need. Mm-hmm. But I guess what I was, you know, trying to say is, like, don't you think that can only go so far? Yeah, that I agree with. Right? It's yeah. to get you into the door. It's to get you to walk through the door. Right. And, and the revelation is aiming higher than, than, than what rationalization can give us. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sarah Abuji. Yeah, I have a question. Uh, this was mentioned a few minutes ago, but we're assuming that there are parts of the universe that haven't heard the prophet's message. Sure. And that could so, be wrong. Oh, okay. Because I was going to ask, how are they going to be judged then? Uh, if Well, if I mean, everyone's going to be judged fairly. And so you're going to be judged according to your context. And so even, for example, Sarah, suppose you have a twin sister, and I'm not talking about Fadlala, I'm talking about, let's say, hypothetically, <laughs> of a, a twin sister, that uh, you two are having almost identical context, but yet you do have two different contexts. And so you'll, you, you know, Sarah number one, twin one will be judged according to herself, and then Sarah number two will be judged according to herself. Okay. Make sense? Yeah. yeah. So it'll be completely fair, which includes what knowledge you've been given. Okay. Uh, Zeba. Going back to the idea of like what other ways um, in which Rasulullah is Rahma for us. Like, so would one of the examples also then be um, like he's he created like the largest Ummah. And so he sort of everything that he endured in order to make Islam something that we can practice. Are those all like different ways to also sort of embody it then? I would especially, I would absolutely agree with that. And relate to the point of his compassion, what he endured when he was dying, when he's going through the physical process of death, he is saying to Jibreel salam, is this like, he's going through immense pain. And then he is saying to Jibreel salam, is this the pain of death? 
And he's told yes. And then he says, put all of the pain of the entire ummah and their death upon me. So, subhanAllah. Yeah, so I would definitely include that. Sarafadullah. Uh, I don't know if you know, we can't hear you if you're speaking. Okay. We'll come back to you, inshallah. So, so I remembered the uh, the, the the point that I was um, that I was suggesting for for consideration. And subhanallah, now I forgot it again. <laughs> okay. This is uh, perhaps in the wisdom of the divine that I that I keep forgetting. Okay. In any case, uh, any other last thoughts about this? If inshallah, I remember, we will discuss tomorrow. Can I ask you a quick question about yes, and a your discussion? You're focusing on driving, correct? Not on. Of course. I'm also just about to park now, so I, I promise I'm safe. Um, can you hear me okay? Yes, loud and clear. Okay, excellent. Um, so I listened to your um, conversation um, a couple days back about love for Rasulullah mm-hmm. and um, via the Sunnah and then the Shema'il. So question for you is um are they all kind of like weighted equally in terms of uh, to like rasulullah are like the and like that so the last part of what you're, you're asking you've been breaking up Last thing I caught was, are they all weighted equally? And I think I can figure out the rest of your question, but if I can ask you to repeat the rest of your question. Can you hear me okay now? Yes. Excellent. I was going to say, are they all weighted equally in terms of like practicing sunnah of the Rasulullah and um, like going based off of the Shema'il in terms of like love or connection for Rasulullah and then that connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through that or are things weighted differently like so I would so, say like, uh, I would so say, like okay let's say let's say I see someone with like the same description of his hair and yeah. I'm like oh subhanallah that reminds me of of the prophet yeah. um and that like you know that moment of um you know love for the prophet that passes by versus let's say like um, taking care of your neighbors or something sure. like that. I know that yeah. was like very much stressed in the sunnah. Yeah, I would say uh, a couple of things. Number one, at the top of the uh, food chain of, of hierarchies of values of actions would be fard, yeah. those things that are mandatory. Off the charts, most valuable above everything else. Those things that Allah has commanded us to do, which also includes the avoidance of haram. Some will even say avoidance of haram is higher than fard, right? But I mean, the point is that they're both huge. And so those other things, I would see them as filling in all the cracks in between. And then how do you even make those better? If you see someone that reminds you of the prophet, peace be upon him, then you uh, extend blessings on the prophet, peace be upon him. Now you've made it much better. Make sense? Okay. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay, 
I actually have to run. There's a person waiting for me. Um, all right. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. May Allah tell everybody you all. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.